Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Records of the Republic. As always, my name is Wade, and I am joined once again by my very, very good friend, Kevin. Kevin, you want to say hi? What's up, everybody? Kevin, how was your week? Um, all right. So I actually have something to talk about. So Woo. before last week when we recorded, Jess and I were feeling some Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, mm. which she never, <laughs> I heard about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. She never does. She's, she doesn't like wings or, or she didn't like wings. Uh, maybe she doesn't anymore, but we'll, we'll find out. But, um, <laughs> it was really good. Like we enjoyed it. It was, and then we recorded and the night was normal. We both wake up on Friday morning in pain, um, mm. miserable and, I'll, I'll spare everybody the, the gruesome details. We got some pretty gnarly food poisoning. Lasted about a day and a half. She Yikes. got it way worse than me. Um, but I definitely was not feeling well. You know, I, I had to leave work, um, which tells you something because I work at home. So how hard can it really be? But I just, right. I could not, I couldn't do it. So um, we didn't really start feeling normal again until midway Saturday. But even then we had to take it easy. Um, by Sunday we were good and kind of worked out. The kids went to their aunt's house. They're on school break for, for this week. We saw the baby, but it was, you know, we got to go out. We went to a hibachi place. Right. Um, and just got to spend some time together. I love the older kids, but uh, it's definitely nice to, have some one-on-one time every once in a while. Oh, sure. Everyone needs a break. Yeah. So outside of that, it's been a pretty normal week. Um, works normal. Made some really good pork tonight. Got some got some compliments from the family, which is nice. Oh, but good. yeah, what about you? I am running on caffeine, and that's about it right now. I haven't even had dinner. Um, I got home really late from work tonight we're starting to hit busy season again with it warming up and everything so yeah and i've got like every single week it seems like my boss is putting a new customer on me from someone else's route because one of the other technicians isn't doing their job properly or you know the customer's upset with them for something and so i'm constantly getting new customers from other routes outside of my route which means more drive time and it's just the price of being great yeah yeah it's a burden man it really is no it's all joking aside it really can be it 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 really can (laughs) i should just aim for like slightly above mediocre and then i won't have to worry about it (laughs) but no i mean i had management training wednesday which was fun and 
it was a short day for me, so I got to come home and put together my Lego Commander Cody and Captain Rex helmets, which are super dope. I'm, I'm really happy with how those sets turned out. Um, they they came a lot earlier, too. They weren't supposed to get here until tomorrow. Bonus. And yeah, they, they came on the day uh, that they were released. So super, super happy about that. So I had to find a new place to try and display them. I'm wrestling right now with the decision of whether to take some of my Funkos out of the boxes. Like, you know, some of the, the lesser valued ones to try and free up some space because I'm just, I'm running out and I don't really want to get a new bookshelf right now. You know, these are first world problems, you know. I mean, wait, that's what I did. Most of mine are still in their boxes <laughs> and never have been opened. But to make some space, like I took the took the J.J. Abrams one out, like a couple right. ones, the office ones. My, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to consider, you know, some of the ones that I know I'm never going to get rid of. I'm never going to get the actor or whoever. I'm never going to get their signature on it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about it, but. I just can't believe I'm, I'm still... hearing you say that. <laughs> I'm right. I know. You've made fun of me so bad for doing that. I'm a box purist. Well, you'll give me a hard time for this. After Dylan, I'm going to give you a shout out here. After giving Dylan a hard time about opening his Maul Black Series figure, I opened both of my Obi-Wan Black Series figures to display them because I just why? didn't have room to display them in the box. But why both? Uh. Why wouldn't you just I take need it... one out and leave the other one I... in the box? Well, because they're they're two different figures. How different? Because it's it, like different, like one's from the Kenobi show where he's got his gear on, and then one's from Revenge of the Sith. So they're different Ooh. costumes, different accessories, stuff like that. Should have left and... the Revenge of the Sith one in the box. No, because it was a re-release. It wasn't oh. like the original. If it was the original first release. I probably would have left it in the box, gotcha. but it was the re-release, and so I was like, eh, you know, I didn't spend that much on it. I'll go ahead and open it up, and I did that with all my other Obi-Wan Kenobi action figures that, because I just, I can't, I literally cannot display them right now in the current configuration without taking them out of the box. So, Dylan, I'm sorry for giving you a hard time, man. <laughs> And I know he'll hear this because he gives us feedback every week on our podcast. So I, I know he'll hopefully accept my apology. We'll but, see. Uh, yeah. It's been a good week other than that, other than having to face that personal dilemma. But I guess you had a pretty good week then. Yeah, I had a pretty good week. <laughs> it wasn't too rough. I finished uh, The Back to War, which is the fourth book in the Rogue Squadron, the X-Wings series in the Expanded Universe. And I know the fifth one, I believe, has a different uh, different author. But the first four in that series are all by uh, Michael A. Stackpole. And super, super fantastic. Like, if you guys have not read the X-Wing Rogue Squadron books, you need to get on it. They are so good. Um, the fourth one actually had a, there was a so two of the main characters there you've got Corrin Horn and Mirix uh, Tarek and they're visiting Tatooine and I think it's Corrin's first time on Tatooine I'm not 100% sure I don't remember fully but he's complaining about how hot it is and essentially to sum it up 
Merrix looks at him and says, yeah, but at least it's a dry heat. And he says something to the extent of, it doesn't matter, hot is hot, and you feel like you're in a, you know, you're baking. And I, I just, I related with that so much, being from Arizona, because when I moved over here to the East Coast, and I kept telling people, yeah, it gets over like 110, 115 in the summer, and it's just awful, that was the exact line that I always heard from any of my friends, is, yeah, well, it's a dry heat. And it's like, no, once you get past a certain point, hot is hot. It's unbearable. It's awful. That's why I left Arizona. You know, so it was just, it was kind of heartwarming to hear that one of my favorite characters right now is also in the same boat as me. <laughs> yeah, that would drive me insane. It's awful. It, it's, I, it, that book, being able to describe Tatooine that way, has very much determined that I will, I would never theoretically visit Tatooine. Not at all. Like, it's not on the bucket list. I, I don't care for any of it. Um, I think my my top planet to visit, if I ever could, would be Alderaan. Before Explosion, not after. Interesting. Why? Because if you look at it, I mean, everything about it is, like, perfect. It's it's like this perfect society. It's And obviously every society has their flaws. But... You know, they've got it set up pretty well. They run it really well. They're very people-oriented. You know, how can we help others? Um, and that's been kind of the history of Alderaan, you know, when you get into to the EU. And then these the pictures that I've seen of Alderaan are just beautiful. You've got mountains. You've got trees. You've got water. You've got, I mean, all the things that I love. I love fishing. I love hunting. I love camping. I like hiking. And so I feel like Alderaan would be that, that perfect planet for me. So I've never thought about this before, but off the off the top, I feel like I probably want to go to Coruscant. No, I would think hate of, it. Think about all the different kinds of food there is there. I mean, it would look don't care. Probably wouldn't look that amazing. But Kevin, you're talking to the person who picks Cracker Barrel for dinner every single time I get the choo- I get the chance to choose. Hands down. Well. That's good for you, man. I think it would be cool. I, I don't think it would be visually that cool, but you'd see all different kinds of people. Um, they all want you to leave I would them be, alone. I would be so down to see a hologram of it, and that's it. That's all I need. A hologram of what? Coruscant. That's all I need. All right. Well, that's you perfect. got better than I hate that. To... You've got I... camera footage of it. I cannot stand city at all. I wouldn't want to live there. I don't I wouldn't I don't ever want to live in a city, but I would I would like to visit there. I think it would be cool. You see a lot of things. I want to meet Dex. I would stay on Alderaan my whole life. I would probably never leave. Yeah, if we're talking about like where I would live, Alderaan's probably a good candidate. No, I mean like my vacation's gonna be on Alderaan. I would stay there my whole entire life and be perfectly happy. (laughs) Boring. Now, Kevin, you said you've been working through a book recently, right? I think I've seen you posting on Twitter about it. Yeah, I am still working my way through Brotherhood. I'm a little over halfway through, um, which is disappointing. I wish that I was less than halfway through because it's so good. Um, It feels like if Clone Wars was an adult show, 
I feel like it would be it would be similar. I but I definitely I read that book and I feel like I'm there. I can I can see everything. I can Mike hear Chen, everything. I know you're not listening because we have 17 listeners and I'm betting that you're not one of them. But if you are, well done, sir. That yeah. book is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I told you it really does capture their relationship together. Um, and specifically now that they are not together as master and apprentice, like their, their thought process on everything and how they view each other and all, you know, their relationship and that change, that shift. It's just, it's so, so well done. And it does the same thing for me that Clone Wars did with Anakin. I'll read something and I'll get sad. Like, oh, this this guy is good. You know, like Anakin is good. The way he, the way he interacts with um, the initiate Mill, you know, he can, he can relate to her because she's wondering where she fits into all this. She doesn't like war, you know, and Anakin understands that and is there for her and helps her understand that, well, that's not all a Jedi does. There's a lot of good other things that that Jedi Mm -hmm. do that make it worthwhile. So it, it just, it further breaks your heart that it doesn't work out very well for Anakin. And then Obi-Wan, you really just understand how smart he is and how, studious and how hard he, he really works it's just right. mike chen really really captures them in a way that i i knew that it was going to be good just because that's my content right like that's my favorite content right it would be hard to make me not like it but i'm i'm pleasantly surprised by how well it's written like all the little callbacks too that just take you back mm-hmm. to a, a scene oh, in yeah. attack of the clones or something it's it's and we were just talking last night because um, I was reading it and I was like, wait, is this what Obi Wan is talking about in Revenge of the Sith when he's yeah. like in that in that business on Cato Nemoidia? It doesn't count. It's one of my favorite scenes. I think it's I think it's funny and I also really like Ewan's acting in that scene. I feel like I've always really felt like it was really good acting, uh, and I, I just. I always wondered what happened and I don't know for, for certain that that's what this book is about, but I think it's a pretty safe bet uh, because it's not that long between this book and revenge of the Sith, maybe what a right. two years. And it, yeah, it was the short first, period. It was the Obi-Wan said it was the first time he had ever been to, to Cato Nemoidia. So I think it's a pretty safe bet that, and I mean, I haven't gotten, so I'm not spoiling anything because I haven't gotten to this part in the book. Pretty sure that Anakin's going to come save him. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll and see. If any of if any of you guys want to know, go buy the book. I think it's Seriously. still on sale. Last night, last night, saw it's still on sale. It might be. I'll look we're right thinking now. About we're thinking about doing a giveaway for it at some point because it's that good. And if that's how we have to get it in your hands to read then that's what we're going to do because it is it is and it's not just like like you were saying like it's not just me having Obi-Wan as my favorite character like yeah obviously I'm going to like just about anything that mentions him and yes sometimes it is harder for me to get into the books that don't talk about my favorite content which is prequel era but that said all that aside 
I think I could safely say that it, it's just an incredibly well-written book. And the way Mike Chen has done it is just, it's wonderful. Makes you want to read his other books that are not even Star Wars. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I don't like reading that much. Well, good thing I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> no offense to Mike Chen. I just don't read, like, hardly ever. I have to I have to really be into the series. That's like one of my other one of the other Star Wars authors that I like, uh, John Jackson Miller. He writes a lot of Star Trek books. And like I love Star Wars. He's the guy who wrote Kenobi, which I'm reading right now. But I don't have any interest in Star Trek. So he's probably I mean, so far he's been a great writer. I love I love Kenobi so far. But I don't have any interest in reading Star Trek books. Like well, neither do I. Up, I wouldn't read that either. But, yeah, I mean, that's just how I am. Yeah. But, yeah, fantastic author. Uh, speaking of Kenobi, started that uh, today, I think it was, and I'm about a third of the way through. And wow. It's fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's when a you long do book. audiobooks, yeah, when you do oh, audiobooks, right. it's, uh, it's a little easier, especially when you're in the truck for half of your day just listening. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a great book so far. Very, very, very different in a lot of ways from the Kenobi show. And it kind of gave me a perspective, you know, for people who didn't like the Kenobi show as much. I wonder if they had read this book before seeing the show and then formed their opinion. You know, if they haven't read the book and they just don't like Disney Star Wars, I'm not talking to you. Like, you guys aren't aren't my target in this conversation. But... For people who have read the book, got that picture of who Obi-Wan was post-Revenge of the Sith, and then saw the Kenobi show, I would get why you th you're, you'd be a little frustrated by the direction that they took. Um, not that I think the Kenobi show is bad, I enjoyed it, but it's very, very different from the book and the kind of perspective. You know, there are some similarities, like he's still struggling to connect with Qui-Gon and you know, there's some other similarities in it, but it's it's very, very different in storyline and direction and kind of even his mentality, how he views, you know, we see the Kenobi in the show, you know, won't jump in and help when someone needs it necessarily, but the Kenobi in the book does multiple times so far, so, you know, quite a bit different. Now, they could probably try and figure out a way to, you know, if they ever wanted to make the book take place before the show, and that would kind of make sense, but, and it, you know, my opinion may change after I read the rest of it, but so far I really enjoy it. It's a very well-written book. I'm going to, I got to pick that book up again. I, I, I own it, and I got about halfway through a couple of years ago and just dropped it, not because I wasn't interested, just because I didn't really have the time and energy. Um, right. But yeah, it was good. I, I think, honestly, I love the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I thought it was fantastic, but I think the the main difference between that show and the, the book is that the show had, it did, it did a little bit too much to like, if they were going to break it up, if we got 12 episodes, 
I think they would have been able to flesh out some more of those storylines. Sure. Um, but we didn't get that many episodes. So there was, there were some arcs that felt a little bit rushed. Like I was, I was disappointed with the inquisitors. I didn't think that there was anything in terms of development there. Like even with, even with Riva and Riva, I thought was a cool character. I would love to know more about her. I don't feel like there was any development. I feel like we just got introduced to Riva, got a little bit of her backstory and that's it. There, yeah. there wasn't, there's no point A to point B there really. Like even at the end when it kind of seemed like she might turn good or she might just abandon uh, the empire nothing really happened it, it, and then the the whole when they were when she was trying to get luke that was like not a good move in my opinion yeah, because that I was happening was, i thought it was overkill unnecessary it didn't really make sense or fit well, in with the storyline it was taking place during the most exciting part of the entire series the climax of the series when obi-wan and vader are having their big showdown and confrontation right why would you want to take away from that i know that one of my least favorite things about star wars at times is how during these big lightsaber fights they break it up i understand why george lucas always did that but i was always so disappointed i show me the fight and then we would go back to the other stuff like i don't care how you have to do it don't take me away from this but right. uh that's what they did in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it, at least in the other movies, the, the arcs were more interesting. In this case with Obi-Wan Kenobi, it was, you're taking me from the most exciting part of the series for something that. I don't really care. Boring. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> boring. Uh, again, like obviously, have... obviously we know Luke's going to make it out. Like that. She's not going to kill him or anything like that. So like, yeah, I, I, I think it would have been, like I said, if they had done more episodes, if we'd done 12 episodes and they fleshed out Luke a little bit more, we got like five minutes of Luke in the entire series. And I'm supposed to care in the biggest part of the series that he's in danger. Well, I'm sorry. I don't care. I think they wanted to focus more on Leia for that aspect because we've gotten, you know, the focus was on Luke Agreed. in the original trilogy. Totally so I think agree. that's why we didn't see him all that much. No, and I agree with that. I think that I loved Leia. I thought it was very cool that they did that. The the uh, actress was so great, but she was she was fantastic. That's further to my point, though, Wade. The most important part of the series, and you're giving me B story at the same time as the A story. It it didn't make sense to me, and I didn't like it. But that said, I still did not let that take away from how amazing the rest of that episode was. And I, I felt like the rest of the show really was, was great. I, I did too. I, I thought the show as a whole was very enjoyable. Many tears. I don't think I did once. I, I teared up once. But I did. I can remember several of them. There was, I think it was an episode four um, when they showed up at the fortress and Obi-Wan basically has a moment of, I'm either back or I'm not back. And he has to fight off the, uh, I think they were stormtroopers. I assume they were stormtroopers. I don't really remember. But he does that little lightsaber flip and, and pose. Do you remember that? Sounds like it's time for a rewatch. Oh, that was that was <laughs> the moment where you're like, oh, Obi-Wan is back. Cause he, I know you what know, he I'm was doing after we're off. done. 
And so that moment made me tear up a bit. Um, and then, you know, there were a couple of no, moments I, where like, I take I got, it back. There were, there were a couple where I was emotional. I'll say yeah. that. Like seeing the flashbacks of them training together. That was, that was pretty awesome. Um, the moment where he is hiding behind the containers from Reva as yeah. Leia's going to the ship, the little transport, whatever cargo ship. And she's like, Oh, you didn't know. That's right. Anakin's still alive. And that moment I was like, ah, it's clicking. Not only did he not complete it, but his apprentice, like, is still alive. So he didn't complete the mission. He didn't he didn't kill him. Um, and I you so, know, I can't imagine where his emotions are in that. You know, are they, you know, crap, I messed up? Are they oh my, there's still a chance? You know, what is he wrestling with at that moment? Yeah, that scene was very well acted by both of them. But the the episode where we got them training from the Attack of the Clones era, that was some that episode was some of the best storytelling I've seen in years. The way they started off the episode with that and then used it, like it, it wasn't just a flashback for the sake of a flashback. Right. It shaped the rest of that episode how it very much had a purpose. They both were thinking about that training session the whole time and using what they learned about each other. Ah, it was, it was so good. I, that was a great episode. Absolutely. Speaking of episodes, Kevin, did we get anything interesting this week? Yeah. It, uh, it, it was Christmas for, for Star Wars fans. We Man, got was it ever. Mando and we got Bad Batch. And they were both fantastic episodes. Fantastic's a strong word. I disagree. I think, I think they it's an were, appropriate word. I think one was fantastic and one was very good. No, both fantastic. So which one do you want to start on first? You wanna you wanna start with the discourse? <laughs> the disagreement? Yeah, let's start so Bad Batch is fresher in my mind. So let's start with that. So I didn't get a chance to watch it until tonight, and I, I watched it twice. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was a—I thought it was a really, really great episode. It was very interesting. I wondered what was um, what was going to happen with the remaining Kaminoans. I don't know how many there are, but uh, we have the prime at Minister. least three. We know there are at least three. Yeah, and I—I I really liked. Omega. She had this episode. She kind of had this grit to her. She was she was mad, um, and she didn't seem like that sort of pesky, annoying kid. Well, especially uh, in her in her interacting with Sid. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Like, about. Like, if they were in person, I very much imagine her getting in Sid's face and like poking a finger in her chest, and you know, not backing down. I really liked that we got some more information about that because we for i think the last two weeks we've kind of debated about what was going to happen with sid and right. when that when that was all going to go down and it kind of just seems like they're ready to to be done they understand that it's a one-sided yeah. situation like she was They've trying come to get that them, conclusion yeah she was trying to give them their normal cut after, like i would have been mad if i were them too and somehow they got her up to 50%. That's that's nuts. But at the same time, 
I wonder if that's going to show be a show of good faith for them. Like maybe that will work if if she's willing to give them money is cash is king, right? Like that's why that's why Sid exists. Not so to soldiers. Her, soldiers don't fight for cash. No, but they understand that that's the most important thing to her. Right. So she's going to give them a significant amount more. Well, she's not giving them anything because they didn't actually succeed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, well, and she because that's the other thing she said. Don't come back. That's right. Yeah, she's. So here's here's my take on it. They they have essentially decided they are definitely parting ways, one way or another. Um, you know, originally they were kind of like, no, we're not going to do this job at all, and regardless of the cut situation. And Tech was saying, well. Because she has all this intel on us, maybe we should do this one last job as a sh- sign of good faith. But then they end up going to the job site and finding out that it's not exactly what they expected. And it's definitely not what any of us expected. Like, so they get there and it's the downed, uh, I guess, Empire, Empire ship. It's not Republic anymore. And they find out that Hello, the Zillow Beast is not only alive, but it has actually been cloned. So we finally get this untold story arc from Clone Wars, where the Zillow Beast was captured, and Palps basically was like, yeah, I, I, I've got a purpose for this. I've got a reason for keeping this this creature. Um, and so we got to see a cloned version, and they go kind of head-to-head with it, and it doesn't work, and eventually the Empire shows up, um, and figures out. I don't remember exactly what they do to capture it. Do you? No, I don't. I don't. Re- well, I mean, at the end. Yeah, like how do they recapture it? Uh, don't they? Doesn't the Empire come in and stun the thing, and then pick it up with a with a crane? That might be it. That's why I was asking. I don't remember exactly what they did. I know they didn't kill it. I know they captured it, but. So Pretty crazy. sure they stunned it, and then I remember the scene where they where they picked it up, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on how they got it to stop freaking out. I think they stunned it. That's probably it. And we know we're going to get more Rex and Echo, which I kind of already figured we would. Yeah. But I, I the one person I want to know about, and I think a lot of fans are in this position, is Crosshair. Where is Crosshair in all of this? Well, and Cody. I want to know what's going on with Cody, but. Well, I we really still have a lot more going episodes. On with Crosshair. I know. We've got like five more. Dude, it's going to be Christmas for like five weeks in a row. Yeah, and I kind of feel like we're probably out of the part of the season where we're, we're episodes. I think every episode's going to mean something. Yeah, then we won't have to listen to any of the fans say, oh, I don't like this filler. Yeah, I didn't just... do it. I, you know what? I still had. I posted about it on a Reddit uh, <laughs> uh, thread. A Bad Batch Reddit thread, and I just posted with a spoiler, uh, and I said, how's that for filler for you guys? And I posted a picture of the Zillow Beast, and I still had one guy comment on it, and he was like, yeah, this didn't really do much for me. Like, I wasn't really feeling anything. And I'm like, all right. You must not like good things. Maybe it's time to just hang up the towel, man. You know, there's Star (laughs) Trek, there's Lord of the Rings, there's Marvel. Go find something you are going to like, because this was, like, really good really good episode and if you still didn't like it nothing's gonna appease you man get out of here 
Get out of here with that junk. When we, we got the commando troopers, you knew it was going to be a good episode. And they did officially confirm. You know, last season we saw Scorch or the the clan, clone commando that looked like Scorch from the Republic Commando video games. And uh, he was listed by StarWars.com last season as just designed to look like Scorch. But now they have actually confirmed in the credits that it is indeed Scorch from the Republic Commando video games, which I think this is officially the third time we've seen him. Because there's actually an episode in Clone Wars where we see him and the rest of the squad from uh, from the Republic Commando video game. And they're returning. I think they had to go. Um, I'm trying to remember the Jedi's name. There were two Jedis um, that were cut down by Savage Press when he was first being apprenticed by Dooku. Um, and he cut them down and they had to go and retrieve the bodies. So they brought them back to Coruscant that squad did um but yeah so this is like the third time we've actually seen his character design this is the first time it's been confirmed that it's him and i have a theory that we might see the whole squad again and they're going to be hunting down omega yeah that was that was a thought that i had because they're worried about sid basically exposing them and they don't know this but we we learned it's not going to matter they they've just been exposed the Empire yeah. now knows that they exist, and they know that Omega's out there. Well, I wonder about that, because they don't actually... The Empire doesn't officially know, except for... What's-his-face? The Admiral, whatever his name is. They got told at the end of this episode. The I can't remember the guy, the Prime Minister's name, but um, he was he exposed them. They... I don't think he exposed that they were alive, though. All he said was that they would have to find this girl, this female clone. But I don't know that that I don't remember. He talked about the Bad Batch. He mentioned he mentioned them. He didn't call them Clone Force ninety nine, but he mentioned that there's a a force out there with her. Huh? How did he know that? Great question. That's what I want to know. Because I remember him talking about Omega specifically. Uh, well, I guess not specifically. He didn't use her name. No, he wasn't specific he... about any of it. But I think it's, but like, it's, a, it's a safe jump. I think the understanding, from at least from an imperial uh, an empirical record point of view, is that the Bad Batch is no longer. So I don't know. That uh, I don't know how he would have any insider clue other than unless he's got communication somehow with um the disgraced senator rampart no kaminoan you remember oh, her oh, oh, oh. yeah with chuchi and all that during that yeah. arc um unless he has some kind of connection with her because she was able she would have been able to identify omega and report to him letting him know that she's alive but that's the only thing i can think of maybe we'll find out I'm interested to see, but definitely, definitely some cool stuff. You know, they reported, like I said, they reported the cloning of the Zillow Beast, and Tech points out that, you know, Palpatine wasn't trying to destroy cloning. 
he was trying to control it. Yeah, that was a that was a really cool line. And seeing all of the non-Kaminoans in the cloning uniforms is also really cool to me because we see a lot of that in Mandalorian, or at least we have up to this point. So definitely going to be really interesting to me to see how they move forward with the whole cloning process. And I'm sure it's, I, I really think it's going to feed into uh, the sequel trilogy, which I'm excited to see, like how it does that. Um, and the whole, I think we're going to get some more answers around Snoke and Palps and, you know, the somehow he survived is <laughs> going to be a little bit more fleshed out <laughs> with some of this backstory telling, you know. Filoni out here saving the whole whole Star Wars universe. That's right. <laughs> Filoni's our man. I'm, well, I mean, I'm so happy. I honestly, wait, if if we can if we can get some of this stuff answered and, and filled in, it could potentially have the same sort of impact on the sequel trilogy that the Clone Wars had on the prequels. A lot of people oh, didn't absolutely. like those movies until that show came out and filled in a lot of the gaps and you could I've seen the argument thrown out there that that just means it's bad storytelling. I don't agree with that. I think that there's a lot of story and there's some of the gaps did have to be filled in, but I don't know. I don't know what George could have done aside from making four hour movies, which I'm glad he didn't, but I'm not upset that on the other side of things, we have all that stuff filled in. So if they can do that for the the sequels, maybe they can save those movies. Right. I'm hoping so. Yeah. It'd be really cool to see. They're definitely going to flesh some stuff out. Um, For sure. And I think, if nothing else, it'll give us at least some answers, and it might help paint the sequel trilogy in a better light. Yeah, I think it would be cool, and I I am hopeful that it... Because I do think that those movies could be saved, right? Like, it's sad to me that they need to be, and, and that they couldn't have told a clear story but if they can fix it then who who would be mad about that right yeah i think it's gonna be good and then on top of bad batch we got mandalorian so kevin how did you feel about mando season three episode one chapter 17 apostate same as Bad Batch. I thought it was fantastic. The you jumped right in. It, it was action from the beginning. You know, I don't. Do you know where? What what was that planet that we showed up at? Where the um, what's her name? The oh, Armor? what is her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where was that? It's an unknown planet. Okay. We don't have a name for the planet yet. Well, very cool opening. All the, I assume it's the remaining Mandalorians, and it looks like they're initiating a, a kid, and out comes this beast, ruining everything, eats a guy right in front of us. Um, I thought it was the kid at first, but I mean, obviously it wasn't, but I thought that they just introduced this kid, and then two have seconds you, later, he's gone. Have you noticed the theme between all three seasons so far? I haven't really thought about that because we only got one episode. So, uh, in the first season of each, uh, well, in the first episode of each season of Mandalorian, and I think even Book of Boba Fett, 
they all start off with uh, attacking a monster or having to defend. Interesting. So you've got the walrus-looking thing in Season 1. Uh, Crate Dragon, I think, was Season 2, right? That was Episode 1 of Season 2? I thought so. I'll go back and look, but I think so. Um, let me go back and think about it. I think that was Episode 1 of Season 2. Chapter 9. Favreau better not be using a formula for these. <laughs> But I, I think, if I'm correct, I saw that all three episodes, all three of the first episodes, have been fighting some kind of monster off. Interesting. And even Book of Boba Fett with Boba crawling out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. To an extent. You know? So, I thought that was kind of cool. I th- I've got a theory about Ragnar, which is the kid. If you What's notice, your theory? When I think he's related to Vizsla. Why do you think that? If you look at the coloring on his helmet and how it's laid out, it looks almost exactly like a junior version of Vizsla's helmet. Huh. In the color pattern. At least that's what I thought when I looked at it. And they're, they're not telling us that that's the case necessarily. But the other thing is they also haven't revealed Ragnar's last name. Versus you've got Din Djarin, Paz Vizsla, Boba Fett, you know, like, these other... Now, the armorer's just the armorer. We don't know her actual name up to this point. I thought his um, last name was Rock. Whose? Ragnar. Ragnar Rock? Get it? <laughs> I, I don't. Ragnarok? You're gonna have to... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's a marble joke. <laughs> well, That's it's funny. more... Ragnarok existed before Marvel. No, I only know it from Marvel. I, I yeah. knew nothing about Ragnarok, Ragnar, whatever it is, the Rock Place. You ever heard of, You ever heard that joke where somebody's like, "Hey, smells like up dog in here." Yeah. Person, you that's you just got the nerd version of that done to you. Penny Penny loves that. When she first learned it, she did it to all of our friends, <laughs> and tried to get get me to do it, and I did not fall for it there. But I fell for this one. Yes. Got ya. <laughs> Good job, buddy. That's an yeah, interesting so theory. I I think he might be related to, to Vizsla. We'll see. I, I, I'm probably wrong, but they haven't introduced his last name. And, I, and they didn't introduce his name at all in the show. It's just right. he's listed as Ragnar um, on Wikipedia and IMDb and all those fun websites so i thought that was kind of cool yeah um you know it was a fun episode as a whole you know i i i really like seeing din Djarin in the n1 starfighter it just works like, i loved razor crest i think razor crest was super unique and fantastic but seeing him in a starfighter whew, that thing is beautiful the n1's always been one of my favorite starfighters though yeah, it's it just it's perfect for him. I the Razor Crest never did anything for me. To me, it was the same as any like take it or leave it. I wasn't upset when they destroyed it. Like a lot of people, I know you didn't like when they destroyed it. But oh, I this, was heartbroken. This just works. It, the Razor Crest is a beauty to me. It was it a really, piece of garbage. No, it was fan. 
That's what they said about the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but this one was a piece of garbage. You sound was, like Luke. Every time he landed, he had to fix it. Like, That's critical. a piece of junk. No, the Razor Crest was fantastic. I don't care At what least you say. the Falcon had it where it counted. I think the Razor Crest did too. It didn't. Dude, it kept flying. Like, he That's was able the mark to keep of a great it ship. in the air. Yeah. That's absolutely. It. All it has to do is fly. See, you're proving if my you point. Get... The standards are so low. <laughs> I feel the same way about cars, though. Like, if my car gets me to point A from point A to point B, it's a fantastic car. It's a great car. There you go. That's, You've exposed. That's what yourself. you need a car for. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't need works, a Lambo. But that doesn't make it great. Uh, well, neither does Din Djarin. I'm not saying he needs a Lambo equivalent. I feel like he might have it now. He definitely but... has it now. <laughs> he got an upgrade. Razor Crest was not that great. It was, uh, well, we're going to disagree on that one. Cool Lego anyway. set. It was a fantastic, well, I am I really want the UCS set, but with the other Legos that I've gotten recently, I'm going to have to wait for that one for a while. But the UCS set looks pretty, pretty dope. I don't know so, what it is. The UCS uh, Razor Crest? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Do you know what UCS is? Nope. So UCS is Ultimate Collector's Edition, or Series, I think. That's what UCS stands for. And they're fantastic. They're like actual scale models, not just play sets. And so like the UCS Millennium Falcon is like $800. The UCS Razor Crest is, I think, like five or 600 right now. Um... They've got like a UCS version of Luke's Landspeeder and X-Wing and, you know, the A-Wing and all these other sets, all these other ships, um, which is pretty, pretty cool. I, I had Sweet. a UCS A-Wing at one point, and that was so much fun to build. It took forever, but it was a blast. So if I get a UCS set again at some point, it'll definitely be the Razor Crest. But like I said, might be a little while. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I mean, seeing the N one Starfighter that was fun, um, and getting to see the dogfight later on that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of them trying to bring back IG eleven. I'm not a fan of that at all. No, that was kind of stupid because it it. What's the point of the self destruct feature if you can just come back? It looked right, if pretty you can pretty simple. Rebuild them and and. Well, and I would think like an internal explosion in the center of your center of your body like that would definitely have blown him to bits. I mean, if it was powerful enough to blow all of the stormtroopers around him to bits, right? I would imagine he there would be nothing left of him. So I wasn't a fan of that. I, I'm not. Yeah, a fan that of was that dumb. And it takes away from the sacrifice. You know, it was lazy. I, I, I think so too. You know. For Din to be like, yeah, that's the only droid I've ever trusted, which is true. I'll give him that credit. It is the only droid he was able to trust, but I still think it takes away from the whole experience. Like, I don't think he needs a droid to begin with to explore the minds of Mandalore. Like, if you need a droid to do that, you're not a Mandalorian. You're lame. Well, I don't know if I would say that, but my... No, no, you're lame. You're you're a bad Mandalorian. it's time for my man to get over it. And if you really need a droid, you're going to have to get over it. 
when have we ever seen Mandalorians rely on droids? Well, never, I, never. But you know, how many Mandalorians have we seen having to go back to a destroyed planet? The dude has a dark saber. Like, what else does he need? You didn't think of that, Wade, did you? What? What do you mean? He needs a droid because he's going to have to go through all this rubble, most likely, and lift up things that he can't lift up. And no, he, he just cuts saber. it with he just cuts it with the dark saber. Not if you have a giant wall or a giant folder. I've seen plenty of yeah. lightsabers cut through walls. Yes, just saying. Me too. We, it's it's one of the coolest things that they do. But if you exactly. have a massive one, you know, lightsaber is not the end all weapon. Yeah, you just cut chunks out of it over time. A little bit of that hack and slash. I don't think that you thought of it from that perspective. <laughs> I just, I personally, I don't like the IG-11. I do like how no, the Anzellans, the Anzellans are awesome. Do you know who they are? No, I was waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> oh, I, know, I know what it is, but maybe some of our listeners don't. So you should tell right. them. Right. So the Anzellans are the race, essentially, uh, or species that Babu Frick belongs to. Oh, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, so seeing them, I... They were great. I, one of them, I think, is Babu, because it looks exactly like him. You can tell, like, their whiskers are all kind of different, and they've got yeah. different, like, accessories that set them apart. But one of them does look exactly like Babu. So I'm thinking they might, at some point, say, yeah, that was him. But regardless, I love Enzellans. Like, that was one of the highlights for me in Rise of Skywalker, in a movie that did not have a lot of highlights, in my opinion. That was one of them. I loved Babu Frick. Yeah. He was hilarious. He was a great character. And he's one of the few Funkos that I actually have from the sequel trilogy. He was just, to me, he was that good. Yeah, I I thought that he was cool, too. You know, one of my favorite scenes from the show, uh, just like a, a cutaway, was when they were they were in light speed, and you got Grogu looking up at it, and it was like it was beautiful, like it was very visually. What did stunning. you see in the background? I don't know what it was. You don't know what those shapes were? Those no uh, shadows. No, I was wondering what it was. Like my. I know, I knew in the moment that this wasn't the case, but it. My first thought was like, "Oh, it's something traveling at the same speed as them." Ooh, ooh. Oh, is it? Don't they have this? Oh, it, from Rebels, right? Yes. It's like this whale thing that can travel. Is that what it was? Yeah, they're the space whales, essentially. They're Very the ones cool. that that took the star destroyer into hyperspace when That's Ezra right. and Thrawn were on there. Oh, I can't believe I didn't catch that. Anyways, I thought it was a very beautiful scene. I can't believe you didn't catch that either. Well, at least it was in my head. It was. It was somewhere in there. I just needed help bringing it out. No, it was good. I mean, I thought that was a fun little nod. I, I think we're going to see, not necessarily this season, but we're going to see Thrawn, if not in this season, then in Ahsoka. Um, well, that's, whole, that's what Ahsoka's tracking down. I have it on my bingo board that we see Thrawn. Well, 
you're not going to be able to mark that one off. How do you know? You don't know. (laughs) If I were a betting man, I think they're saving Thrawn for the Ahsoka series. Yeah, but they have a way. The reason why I put him on there is because they have a way of giving us like a quick appear, like a cameo. Yeah, we. The... I mean, we might get like a an end of season cameo, like Thanos, where we see him in Ezra at some point. Yeah, I think that's what it would be. But I don't think we're gonna. I don't He's not gonna, gonna be a part of the story. I'm just telling you now. I'm gonna get bingo before you do. So. I'm not surprised that you think that because if you didn't do it, <laughs> if you didn't do it with that as your goal, then there would be no point. What else happened this episode? Um, we got the the space pirates and Grief Karga being a badass. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. awesome. I, I I think he's a great gunslinger. Like he's, I the more I see his character, the more I really like it. I, it was know, cool. Grief, before he was just kind of a broker where he he sent these bounty hunters out on de, you know these tasks but it's been and you know one of the other things did you see that Favreau the the timeline that Favreau was talking about how the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and everything kind yeah. of line up people are kind of mad so, about that yeah but when you look at it like look at Navarro and the development like the yeah. the kind of development that Navarro has had would not have happened overnight you know the saying goes Rome wasn't built in a day and it's kind of the same situation here. Like we see the development that Navarro has now. They are a, a very booming, prosperous center for trade, and and you know they've got schools and all this other stuff built up. And that wouldn't have happened overnight. Like it wouldn't have happened like a couple weeks down the road. Like it would have had to happen over the course of a year or two or more. They so, learned from the mistakes of the sequels. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're stretching it out a little more. Yeah. It doesn't have to but, take place in three months. Right. So, you know, I did think it was interesting that Grogu had actually been with Luke training for like a year or two. Yeah, like, that that was surprising. That was a little I mean, it works for me. I'm not I, I want to know what Din was doing in that time period. Like, was he just bounty hunting still? I or... would love a comic series about that. I think he was I, bounty I, hunting because that's what he was doing when he showed up in Boba Fett. Well, but he was looking specifically, he was doing that to get intel on his covert Mandalorian, the Children of the Watch, where they were, trying to figure sure. out how to get back to them. So I don't know if he was specifically bounty hunting, like just doing that off the fly, and then one day he was like, hey, I need to find my, my coven again, or whatever they call it, the cove, whatever they're called. Um, so my you know. my thing with that is I want to, the reason why I think people have a hard time with this timeline is it doesn't seem like Grogu learned anything. Well, we definitely know he learned stuff. Like, he's using the Force a lot more For on sure. purpose than he was before. Before, it seemed almost accidental or just kind of, like, sporadic. But he's, like, using it regularly right now. For sure, but I don't know that that equates to two years in a lot of people's minds. Why would you say that? Because how long could it really take you to teach Grogu that he can use, that he can harness the Force? Do you think it really would take? Because it's not like he was starting from zero. He wasn't starting no, but, from a lot, but he wasn't starting from zero. For his, for his species, like he's still kind of infant toddler aged. Yeah, to maybe they'll work that out. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying 
I can understand because it doesn't seem like in the little content that we've gotten, right? So I'm not saying the book's written. Well, it's written, but we haven't seen it. Um, there's not much evidence of two years worth of training. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, you got to remember the kid's only like 52 years old. That's pretty young. <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> that's not very old, Kevin. My mom would tell you that's a very young age. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. It's it's episode <laughs> one, right? Like, there's a lot of story left to tell. So I'm sure that I'm sure that we will see some of the fruits of those two years. Yeah. Well, I I'm gonna say this again. I think I said it briefly earlier, but the dog fighting with the pirates that was really awesome. I it was love cool. seeing dog fighting. Any any time I see starships going to battle, like I am floating on cloud nine. It's my it's it's just so awesome to see. It was N1. Star Wars. Yeah, it was. It really felt that way. And um, the N1 is just so beautiful in space. I mean, seeing it fly in and out of the asteroids and like the way he's able to use it going through the asteroids to, yeah. to surprise the, the pirates. Ah, it was just it was perfect. It was music what? to my ears. And the, the pirate lord looked exactly like I would have expected him to. Just disgusting. <laughs> Davy Jones? <laughs> I, I very much awesome. thought Davy Jones, like a little bit, and I yeah. think everyone did. A lot of people did, or Swamp Swamp Thing, you know, whatever that. He, that you know what he looked like? He what? looked like if Davy Jones was on Sesame Street. <laughs> That's a good comparison. <laughs> I thought it. I thought it was great. Well, we can tell based on the previews that we're not done with the pirates yet. Sure. Because one of the previews shows the pirate starfighter ships chasing Mando through a canyon at some point. Yeah. Um, and obviously we haven't seen any canyons. So we know they're going to be in the story at least semi-regularly. So I'm kind of excited for that and see if there's any more that we're going to get fleshed out with Pirate King Davy Jones. But I really want to see. I know we're, we're probably not going to get it. But man, I would love to see a, a live action Hondo appearance. Yeah, I, I'm. Su- I kind of am surprised that we haven't. Though you can see him in person at Galaxy's Edge, which was cool. Um, yeah, that was fun. They might as well do it, right? Like even if it's just a quick cameo, or even just his voice. Like if you hear his voice over a comm or something like that, I think it would be cool. It'd be awesome. I think once we get. Ezra, like live action Ezra, will probably get Hondo if he's still alive at this point. Because, um, you know, they kind of had their connection back in Rebels. Yeah. But I, I'd i be surprised if they introduce him here. But introducing the pirates here, uh, they could definitely slip him in somewhere. I love pirates. I'm really glad that we're going to get some Star Wars pirates in here. I don't like pirates, but I like I love Hondo. I like Hondo and his pirates. I love pirates. Jess and I are working through the Pirates of the Caribbean movies right now. Right. Love them. But yeah, this well, I episode... Like, I like real pirates, but I don't... I don't know. Space pirates don't really interest me all that much. I think it's cool. Um, and I'm excited that they're, they seem to... Pro- they're probably going to be the main antagonist. Um, you think or maybe so? The, maybe the B antagonist. I was going to say, I think they're going to be B. I think yeah. Bo-Katan's going to be main. At some point, I sure hope so. She was pissed, dude. She she was so lame. 
<laughs> she was, I was so mad. A lot of people have been like, what's going on? Like, you're better than this. <laughs> like, uh, I, I think it makes total sense. She has spent I don't. how many years trying to get this Darksaber, and she gets extremely close to it, and it gets taken away from her. And what is she going to do, fight Din? I hope so, but I don't think that it is what she wants to do. I'm going to apologize to our listeners. For some reason, you cut out briefly for a second there. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, I was. But just you're saying, back in. I was just saying how I think it makes complete sense why she's acting like this because she has spent years trying to get that dark saber, and she gets feet away from being able to do it, and it gets taken from her. By it didn't get taken from her. It didn't. It, uh, Mando didn't take anything from her. If she wanted it, if she wanted, no, it didn't. You challenged the person for it. Yeah, but that's all it is. Think about it from her point of view. It doesn't make, doesn't make a lot of sense. There's not a lot of Mandalorians left. I think she probably is going to fight him. I mean, Paz did. Vizsla fought him for it. And I think Vizsla is a lesser character. Bo-Katan's Bo-Katan. Like, if she really wanted it, if she was, no, but I mean, if she was really, really all about bringing Mandalore back and, you know, resurrecting the Mandalorians and all that, if she was really all about what she preached, she absolutely would have challenged his butt. Do you think that she thinks she can't beat him? I mean, that's a possibility, but... I don't think she can Everything... I'm not saying I think she could, but everything we've seen up to this point, I, I would at least think she would try. I don't think so. I, I think that she's smarter than that. That was not the, the moment to do it. No, but like we have we've had a couple of years in between that time. Yeah, what has she been doing? I, who knows? That's what I'm saying. Like why wasn't she like, "All right, your kids off at training camp with Luke. You've got nothing else to do. Let's go a few rounds, bud." Like we got a couple of years. We can, you know, take tallies. Let's do some rounds. You know, it's, like something. It's pretty on brand in Star Wars though to have something bad happen and then you just disappear for a little <laughs> while. Give up. Yeah. Just quit. What do you think? She's better I mean, than Luke? Luke had to go away for a little while. He didn't have to. I don't want to talk about that. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that Hope on another better. episode. <laughs> I don't have time for this. <laughs> he most certainly did not have to. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> but that's another issue. But yeah, I mean, like, this isn't the Bo-Katan that I've, I've come to have adoration for. You know, I don't... I don't admire the Bo-Katan we saw in this episode. So I'm hoping, and I'm sure they're going to do more with her. you know. And that's not to say that I don't like the character anymore. I love the character Bo-Katan. I just really hope there's a lot more to her than just saying goodbye, Din Djarin, and that's it. Oh, you know? that was, oh, no, wait, that, the way she said goodbye was not a goodbye. Do you think she's plotting? against him or something maybe she's plotting i I don't know but that was that was not a i'll i wish you well goodbye that was like see you later din i thought it was more like goodbye i'm tired of seeing your face i don't want to ever see you again i didn't get that at all that it there was an inflection in her voice that made me feel like you haven't seen the last of me din you think she's going to try and ally herself with maybe like the pirate or with someone else to try and defeat him? 
I don't know. I just I hope not. I need more than what we got. If it, that, oh, that or not, I, I just and I really expected more between the two of them in that moment. I mean, I can tell you know Din respects Bo Katan. You could tell based on his interaction with her, but I don't know. I just it didn't do it for me. I was very very upset to see her just kind of give up. She was very mad. It looked like yeah. to me. Yeah, but Mandalorians don't give up. That's not who they are. I don't. It's not that in their creed. Has. I don't I, think that I, she has. Well, everything I saw there indicated she's given up. I agree with you until the the goodbye. I, I I'll watch it again. I think you should watch it again and let me know what you think. Kevin, I watched it ten times on Wednesday. I'm not watching it again for a while. <laughs> Watch it again without doing Lego sets and pay attention. <laughs> just watch that one scene. All right, I'll do that. I'll do that I just, just wanna, for you. I just want to know what you think of the goodbye after hearing my thoughts on it. I just think it was lame, but that's just me. I don't know how so, I feel about it. I, I don't know if it was lame. I don't know if I liked it. I didn't like it. I wish there were more. I wish she at least showed some some energy and spunk. Like she normally does. You know, well, this she's is the same... very old now, too. Yeah, but this is the same Bo-Katan that, like, just a little bit before, like a couple years ago, with Koska Koska Reeves, when she and Boba Fett were fighting, she was like, man, if we had shown half that energy against yeah. the Empire, we would have never lost Mandalore. Like, that's the Bo-Katan that I'm like, yeah, that that's that's her. This was not her. Maybe we'll it's see what else. happens. Maybe it's someone else under that. A clone. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so, well, on that note, we did end up getting some Mando bingo sheets. Excellent. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, I know I was not able to cross off any of my bingo squares yet. And I don't think you have either. I haven't no. taken a close look at yours. I haven't. But that is something we will be keeping track of for those of you who did turn in your sheets. Um, we'll keep track of that. We encourage you to keep track of it. And if you get a bingo, tweet it. Post about it on Instagram. Tag us in it. Let us know. And we will very much look forward to seeing that and get you your prize. But, Kevin, I'm, I, I just want to say I'm really looking forward to whatever gift you're going to be getting me at the end of Mandalorian. Haven't thought about it because I've oh, spent I know all exactly my time what I'm thinking getting about you. what you are going to get me. <laughs> well, I've I got just don't, stuff. I just don't feel like I need to spend time thinking about things that aren't going to happen. So I just haven't <laughs> thought about it. Fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll lay off the horn on that one for a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. I think it's going to be a fun season. I think, like I said, we're going to get like, five more weeks of Bad Batch and Star Wars uh, Mandalorian stuff. I shouldn't have to say Star Wars. Obviously, we know it's Star Wars. But we're going to get more Bad Batch, more Mandalorian. So, next few weeks are going to be awesome as a Star Wars fan. Absolutely looking forward to Wednesdays. Probably more than I do the weekends now. Um, at least for a few weeks. And then I'll probably get back to looking forward to my weekends. <laughs> you can look forward to both. Yeah, there we go. Why do I have to pick one? You don't. But 
Well, that's all we got for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, give us a shout out. You know, we are all ears. We love to hear from you guys. We got some feedback via email and Twitter this week um, about our podcast. So super excited to see that. If you guys ever have anything that you want us to discuss, send it to us. DM us. Email us. You can reach out to us on just about every platform, at least on Instagram, Twitter, um, Reddit. Reddit. So, and they are all records of the Republic. So if you go on any of those, it's just records of the Republic. Um, Twitter is a little different. We couldn't get the full stretch in there, so we took out some of the vowels. But if you type records of the Republic in the search bar, we will show up. Uh, but yeah, DM us. Reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. If you got anything you want us to talk about, uh, discuss. If you want to send us an audio clip and would like us to answer any questions, send them our way. We are more than happy to accept those. We really want to continue to connect with you guys. Uh, and it's pretty exciting that we're already on episode six of our podcast. I mean, that's crazy to me. It feels yeah. like we just started yesterday. So, but... Yeah, give us some feedback, follow us, interact with us, show us you're there, be our friends. We don't have a lot, so please be our friends. Well, Kevin has more friends than I do, but it's neither here nor there. So, we love you, we appreciate you guys. As always, may the Force be with you, and know that this is the way. Bye, everybody. You were supposed to say this is the way. Sorry.